All right, and welcome to another episode of the Guys with Feelings podcast, where two guys discuss the ideas, influences, epiphanies, and yes, the feelings that make them better men. My name is Jamin Yee. And I'm Gabe Rose. And today, we're going to start with a conversational potluck, where we each bring one meaty or vegetarian dish uh, to the table to explore in depth. Um, And then we'll finish off with a rapid fire quick picks, sharing the top three things we've been recommending or obsessing over during the past month. Uh, but before we dive in, Gabe, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's yeah. a it's a nice little special treat. Have you down in LA this weekend? Yeah, along with Alan. It's good to be back in LA. Yeah. I haven't been here, and I feel like it's been like six months or so. Really? Yeah, and I'm used to being here like almost every two months. Yeah, and you know, I've spent like the better part of my 20s like living all throughout LA. So yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, I miss the weather here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, summer all the time. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, things going well in your life? Yeah, yeah, can't complain. It's been an interesting month since the last last episode. I'm excited. I feel like there's a lot to talk about for both of us. A lot to dive into. So we might as well get on with it. Let's do it. (laughs) Awesome. So yeah, so Gabe, um, what are you bringing to the table this week for the conversational potluck? Um, So my dish for the potluck um, is I, it was a few weeks ago now, I went to a weekend long meditation retreat and it was a really impactful experience for me. And I'd love to share a little bit about it um, with you and and the broader guys with feelings community. So um, I feel like for the last five years, and and you've been a big catalyst of this for me, um, I've been like interested in sort of like dabbling in meditation, mindfulness, non-duality, it's like that whole world. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for the last probably year and a half to two years, I've had like total clarity that that was something that like was probably one of the biggest, if I could dive in deeper on that, it would be mm-hmm. one of the biggest like growth accelerants and like happiness increasers mm-hmm. in my life. Um, but I've just really struggled to actually get any sort of like daily regular meditation practice going i feel like the intellectual side of it like reading books about it and podcasts about it like has been easier for me but actually getting into like the practice of meditation and self-exploration has been much spottier like i haven't really ever like for more than a month i'd say been able to have any sort of regular daily practice and even when i did it was just like five minutes a day in terms of meditation and so a few months ago i was like okay i think I'd been frustrated with this for a while. And I was like, I think I just need like an accelerant. I think I just need to like dive like deeper. I think I just need to, rather than starting with trying to get a practice going, yeah. I just need to like go to a retreat. I just need to like <laughs> spend a weekend, like or three days, whatever, and just like go somewhere and just go like all in. And maybe that will sort of like be sort of like the boost I need. That's um, awesome. And so, yeah, I went to this, um, this place called Deer Park Monastery, where I know you've been many years ago, like a decade ago, probably yeah. or more. Yeah, that's where um, my entire, I feel like spirituality meditation journey kicked off. Yeah. yeah, like a long, yeah, it's been very twisty, turvy roads. Yeah. Then. Um, but so I went to so it's this Buddhist monastery near San Diego, and I went there for a, a weekend retreat, and it was really an amazing experience. I feel like I experienced a lot of shifts, and um, I feel like even a few weeks out now, I'm in a pretty different place in my life because of it. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So, like, before going into this retreat, like, did you have a meditation practice? Was there. Anything like that? Yeah, not really. I So for a few weeks before, I think on the last episode, I talked about my new morning routine. Yeah. So like so like maybe for a month before the retreat, I had like started just like meditating for like three to five minutes in the morning um, uh-huh. before I went. But that was it. And like I've like dabbled here and there, but but never been more serious than that. Yeah. And then you spend a whole weekend and you dive deep. I'm assuming you guys are meditating like all day. 
like it wasn't like all day so it was like I think like one of the things that made it really impactful and the type of thing I'd, I'd really recommend to mm-hmm. anyone that's that's even broadly interested even if they feel like they're not like really deep into meditation or good at it or have done it very much or whatever is like the whole environment was built around sort of like mindfulness and presence, which I think right. is, is part of what made it so impactful. So spent like an hour or two, like every day, like meditating, like, like an, maybe an hour total sitting and then like maybe an hour of like walking meditation and other practices. But it wasn't like an all day you're meditating experience, like, but nonetheless like the entire day was infused with that sort of energy and presence and like there's like everything about like the space and the way the retreat was set up was really meant to nudge you towards presence which i really liked because like part of the goal is to be more present and aware as you're going about your day which is not what just while you're sitting but like part of the practice the reason to practice is to get better at stepping out of the sort of thought loops and madness that just like happened to you just right. constantly throughout the day and being able to catch that and step out of it. And so like um a lot of the retreat I feel like was the a lot of the value of the retreat was not necessarily while I was sitting, although there's like tremendous value there, but just like walking around and sort of just like hanging out with people and talking to people and just like going about your day yeah. and practicing sort of the shift of like, oh I'm like drifting into some like random endless thought loop that has no purpose. Like, let me come back into my body and like center myself again and sort of just like constantly doing that over the yeah. course of like two days in a very supportive environment was really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was there, they would have like bells that would go off yeah. like every once in a while. And every time that happened, everyone would kind of stop what they're doing and, and just kind of get back to the present moment. Do they do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. That was like a, that was a total highlight of the experience. Probably like 20, 25 times every yeah. day. Just like out of nowhere, a bell goes off and you usually don't know like why or what's happening right. or whatever. But like a lot of times like you're on like you're eating and so like everyone's yeah. on the food service line. So there's like a lot of hustle and bustle and everyone's like serving themselves and getting food. And then this bell goes off and it's just all of a sudden everything just quiets <laughs> and like everyone just closes their eyes and just takes like three breaths and then everything starts back up again. And yeah. it's like this really like, again, there's all these little nudges yeah. like throughout the whole experience. That's so awesome. Um, so yeah, so being someone who, I guess you, you weren't really like a, a dedicated or hardcore meditation practitioner. No. Um, was it hard at first? Like what, what was the experience like going in and just being in this environment and meditating a lot? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely got easier throughout the course of the weekend. So, so I'd say like the first, like when I got there, like there was right when I got there, there was like a half hour sitting meditation. Mm-hmm. And I would say that sort of sucked for me. Like I like, I didn't know how to sit right. And so like, I wound up being like really physically uncomfortable yeah. and like, I just like, I just like was sort of rushed because I just got in there. I was in the right headspace. So like, yeah, I can sort of trace like the beginning of it was like rather difficult. And then like each like sort of day and each hour and each like time we, we sat together, got like a little better as I sort of sunk more into it. And I think going into it, I felt like, oh, like a weekend meditation retreat. That's a long ass time. Like this could be like weird. This could be really uncomfortable. Like I, I had no idea. There's no like agenda published. It was just like showing up and like seeing what happened. It felt yeah. like a long enough amount of time that was a little scary. But once I was there, I was like, oh, like, and once you get into it a little bit, it's like, oh, weekend is actually really short. Um, and, and I could see there were people there, there were seven people there that were completing a three month retreat yeah. and this was the last weekend of it. Wow. And I just like, once you're in that environment, I like, got it. Like before I was in that environment, I thought that was like an insane idea, like a three month retreat. Right. Like why do you need that long? But once I was there and once you start to experience these really little shifts 
but like meaningful and like perceptible like shifts like that you can have in a weekend it's like yeah. oh if i if i kept at this for like five days 10 days 30 days 90 days right. i could really have some significant shifts which would be cool yeah that's awesome um you you just yeah so you talked about how you've been ex- you experienced a few shifts like over the weekend could you give some examples of that what that looked like yeah um like a lot of things like i feel like you've experienced this a lot too like meditation shifts and experiences are all difficult to talk about <laughs> yeah it's such an experiential thing hard but to put into words for yeah sure. i'll try to like talk about a few so i think like the biggest one um and these are like things i felt like as i come back is like i feel like now before i went on the retreat i was sort of like making myself meditate a little bit because like uh-huh. i knew it was good for me it was like a little bit of like going to work out because i know i need to work out right but, which i don't do um <laughs> but um but now, like, every day, I'm, like, excited to, like, carve out as much time as I can, which, you know, is, like, between 8 and 20 minutes. I'm not, like, sitting for two hours a day. Right. But, like, it's something I'm more, like, enthusiastically looking forward to and trying to, like, if I can get, like, a 20-minute sitting meditation session, it feels like a special treat for me. Yeah. Um, You're excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited about it because, like, awesome. I, I feel like I, I have, like, now that I've seen, like once able to get a little more depth of experience during the retreat and sort of see, like feel some of the shifts that can happen in your body and in your mind, like doing it, I'm like, Oh, I want to like keep playing with those. I want to keep exploring those. And like a lot of days, all I can squid in fit in is like five, 10 minutes. And that's right. fine. Like I'm happy for that too, but I'm enjoying like the longer sessions to like, to be able to have the time to like explore the deeper practice um and then there's been other like things that were surprising to me like ever since i got back i'm not really like very interested in alcohol anymore <laughs> really like, which is weird like yeah which has been like an interesting shift like i i'm not like a huge drinker right. or anything but i probably like wind up like two nights a week like just after work having like a few glasses of wine or like a beer or two or whatever yeah. and now it just like doesn't sound that appealing to me like i've <laughs> gone to parties and just like had water which like is something like i never would have done before interesting or very rarely maybe would have done before so yeah, I can like I can tell it like shifted something in me in terms of like my relationship to my body and like and like being a little more in touch with like the energy in my body. Right. It sounds like very woo woo, but sure. like you, I think you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, just having like greater almost body self awareness. Yeah, and like, and I would also say yeah. I mean, maybe this is related to you like feeling less of a need to drink, but like I f- I feel that you almost gain a greater awareness for compulsory activities, mm, things you do yeah. just because like just to fill the time right like or just to yeah like picking up your phone or whatever after you spend so much time like being okay like not having any distraction right just being okay with just being silent or just like resting and feeling like your energy in the body or just listening to sounds um yeah i feel like you don't need that that almost that insatiable need to like always fill every gap with something yeah 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 or you at least become more aware of it yeah like which is really cool, yeah. I think. Yeah, and that's like that's one of the the big like intellectual pieces of this is like it's so amazing how what an enormous percentage of our days we go about sort of unconscious of what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Huge. And it's, it's huge. like you have to step away from it, either through a daily meditation practice or a retreat or burning man or whatever. Like there's <laughs> right. all sorts of different ways to do it. Right. Many more that I haven't tried. But <laughs> yeah. um but like you, it's only, it's like the fish, what is water example. Mm-hmm. Like it's only once you step out of it that you can see like, wow, like 97% of my waking hours, I'm sort of unconscious of what yeah. I'm doing. I'm just like on autopilot. Yeah. 
Totally. You just, you're lost in a sea of thoughts and like, and you don't realize you're swimming in that. And it's pretty crazy. Yeah. 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 So did you like after, during and after the retreat, did you feel calmer? Did you feel more at peace? Did you, did you feel good? Like, yeah, yeah. I felt awesome driving home. I just felt great. Yeah. Huh. And it was like, I felt so good that <laughs> I was a little worried about the transition back because like, you know, like you go out like anyone that's like had like really like transformational esque experiences right. at festivals at even just like an amazing weekend sure. with your friends. Right. Like, and you go back into your regular life and it's always like the first day or two you're able to like hold on to it. Maybe like a week or two you can hold on to it depending on the experience. But yeah, then you wind up getting like sucked back into um just like the yeah everything yeah like (laughs) all the things that push us towards just like sort of like constant unconscious thought loop focused life um but so i feel like the first few days when i was back like sarah thought she literally said like my wife when um it came out she's like said that i was like glowing or something she like really noticed a difference like when i walked in the door that was her words not mine (laughs) yeah um but um, she, like, noticed a huge difference. And, like, I felt, like, real. I'd say I felt, like, really different for, like, a few days. Uh-huh. And then you start to feel, like, that feeling wear off is right. inevitably just, like, are in a very different environment. Sure. But I feel like even though some of the high has burned off, like, I still feel some of the underlying shifts mm. as being sort of, like, present in a subtle but right. meaningful way. Right. Like, there's, like, kind of a deeper shift or, or an awareness or a door open that can't fully be shut. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think so. Oh, that's so cool, man. Yeah. I love that. I love that you had such an amazing experience at Deer Park. Um, and that was like, that was the same for me. Yeah. Like it was in college at UCLA. I took like a, a random like Fiat Lux, like extra credit class um, on Buddhism. I was like, oh, that's, that sounds cool. I've always been kind of interested, but never really dabbled with it. And the class culminated with like a weekend retreat there. Um, and yeah ever since then i was like oh there's something to this like there's something to meditation there's something to being present um and i want to dive into it a little like more and more yeah um but it probably took you like like six or seven years probably to come back to that in yeah. a meaningful way right it like planted a seed yeah and then yeah i came back to it years later yeah yeah do you and do you feel it right right now kind of affecting like your interests and your yeah, like I'm wanting to dive further into this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's cool. It's like Deer Park in particular is just an awesome place. Like yeah. it's and I think one of the things that um like I would say about like Deer Park and probably like retreats more broadly and and meditation in general is like I think for people that haven't been to a retreat or uh, um, haven't done much meditating, it always feels like a lot of things feels like oh, that would be like really hard to get into or that would be weird if I showed up at this place, I'm not very good at this. Like right. what is it even going to be? How am I going to fit in? But I would, I would really say like for anyone that's interested, especially if you're in Southern California, you're interested in exploring meditation in general. Deer Park is an amazing place. Like it's a super welcoming, like very open, very loving environment. There were a few people there and there were probably 40 people there for the weekend retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, some people I like, came with like friends or like a, you know, romantic partner, like other people, like I was just there by myself and other people were also there by themselves. Very like low pressure, like environment. A few of the people there are the 40 had never meditated in their lives, but were there for the weekend. Yeah. Like, like it's a very low barriers to entry sort of things. I think it was like a hundred dollars or less. It was so cheap, like yeah. including this amazing, delicious food and yeah. like room and board and everything. So, 
Um, yeah, like that in particular is a great place, but, um, I'd really say for anyone that's like, even if you're just early starting to explore meditation, like I think we'd naturally think that, oh, you want to get really good at it before you go to a mm-hmm. retreat. But at least my experience was that like in the invert of that, like, I think it was actually really helpful for me to go to a retreat to, Dive like, in. to help like nudge my practice along rather right. than like trying to get good at it before I do some like, right. bigger thing. And to experientially feel like the benefits of it. Like, yeah. directly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, which is a huge piece of it. I think like a lot of people like start, and this would, I'd also include myself in this. Like you start meditating, you try to do a little bit, you don't really get it, and you don't really feel much, and so it's just like, why would I? Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. This is weird. This is boring. I'm just yeah. gonna like move on. That's awesome. Yeah, I, and I would say one last thing. Like I, I feel like my experience at Deer Park Monastery was also like it's very easy, very accessible, and chill. Um, there's other meditation retreats, like the Vipassana meditation retreats that are mm-hmm. like a weekend or like, uh, like I think nine days long or something where you're sitting and meditating the entire day, like 12 hours or something. It's very intense, very yeah. hardcore. People who have done it have like had amazing experiences, Yeah. but I think it's such a high barrier for entry. A lot of yeah, people yeah. don't even try. And I know people who have like gone for a few days and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, sure. And like, it sounds uh, very yeah. intense. Yeah. And like. I don't know. I think you and me both agree like low barriers to entry is like, we're just a huge fan of that. Yeah. So I think finding a gentle meditation retreat like this is, is awesome. And yeah. it's not like copping out. It's not, it's not being a wimp. Like I actually yeah. think it may in a lot of cases be a better way to like on ramp and like get, yeah. get into something like this. Yeah. Some people have like a little more extreme personalities and like <laughs> go like all the way down the rabbit hole yeah. for starters, but that's a great point. There's such a range. There's of such a range of retreats out there. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Um, yeah. Thanks, man. I, yeah. I love hearing that. That <laughs> makes me so happy to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's fun. Like, I'm excited to like, keep exploring and keep keep talking about this at yeah. the time. Excited to see where that um, takes you next. And uh, and speaking of life shifts, we'd love to hear uh, what you're bringing to the table this month. Yeah. So so my potluck conversational topic is um, is big life transitions. Okay. And I feel like for most of us, there's like a few big life transitions, you know, we all hit like switching jobs, you know, mm-hmm. um, starting or ending a relationship and moving to a new place. And yeah, and right now I am undergoing that last one. <laughs> and and yeah, it's it's been really interesting uh, to experience that. Like I'm not unfamiliar with moves. I've been pretty nomadic over the last like, six eight years and have moved i I used to move almost like every three to four months um but uh this this one feels a little different to me like i've i've been living for the past year in this 30 person mansion in san francisco uh that's been this amazing intentional community and and you've seen like it's been an awesome place it's brought so much life to me like it's been one of the most powerful experiences of my life like just yeah, all the stereotypical like laughing and crying and <laughs> deep conversations and silliness and playfulness and like uh, in a lot of ways I feel like I I don't know in, in some ways I like I, I stepped into myself and my potential like and was seen by like all these other amazing mm-hmm. people in this house and like yeah I don't know I, I I thought I would be here for a long time and and I I just you know I could feel it like a few weeks ago I was like oh it's like time for me to move on. And mm. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> My housemates are kind of surprised. Um, but yeah, it, it feels right. And 
it's a little scary, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about what's coming next. Okay, cool. And what's, um, what do you feel like are the, how did you know it was time to move on? Like, what are the drivers for you that, cause this has been like, I can definitely vouch for a huge part of your life. Yeah. Like over the last year and in, it seems like all positive ways. So yeah. what, what was, what nudged you to, to step away from it? Yeah. So, um, you know, the last few months I've been feeling like I've been kind of in a rut and part of that I think was due to like my hypothyroidism acting up. But, um, I actually think like a big part of that was like the rut was like kind of like my body's way of like telling me like, Hey, like it's time for you to like move into a, a, another situation, you know, like, mm -hmm. and I wasn't really listening to it. Like ironically, like funny enough, like after I kind of decided to move like that feeling of the rut just kind of vanished. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I think um, I've just been noticing in myself that I've been kind of moving to a bit of a more like introverted kind of place, like a uh, more low energy. Like I, I've been feeling more of a desire to like have more time to myself and like, and yeah, spend time on my projects, like to want to like see my friends outside the community more, mm -hmm. like being in that mansion, like it's such a vortex. Like it's, I, yeah, I would just always be surrounded by awesome people and fun things happening and great conversations. And like, it was really hard for me to like, just carve out space for anything else besides that community. Yeah. Um, and so I'm feeling a desire for, yeah, for to slow down really. Mm -hmm. Um, and to take more care of my body, to sleep more, to have more time to read, to, to, yeah, to go deeper with fewer people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like, yeah, it was interesting. I feel like I, I, I could feel that like I, I could feel like I was kind of in a rut and I, I felt like I kind of need to move on, but I was like, Oh, maybe in a few months, you know, that'll be right. And then, um, I don't know. I went on a awesome camping trip with my housemates and it was all, it was really great. It was a beautiful trip. And for some reason, like when I got back from that trip, I could just feel it. I was like, Oh, it's time. Like yeah. I'm ready to, to say goodbye. Um, and at first it was really scary. <laughs> like yeah. I remember like, I was like thinking like, okay, like I, I could feel like, okay, I have to do this. I, it's, it's time to move on. And my mind was like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you can't leave this. Like, like this is everything to you, you know, like what are you, you're going to miss it. Like all these, like my mind was just convincing me I was making a mistake. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I just like, I just trusted my gut and, and move forward with it. And, and, and yeah, the more I've moved forward and the more I've like been exploring other options and, and yeah, like coming to peace with it, like the fear is like subsiding and like more and more excitement is taking over. Yeah. Yeah. Like it feels really good. So I feel like, I feel like that last point you landed on is really interesting because I think all of us, whether it's like a relationship, um, a job, like we're all really familiar with, I think that feeling of feeling like something's not quite right. And it like probably time to move on, but, yeah. um, but having like a lot of like intellectual reasons why that doesn't, why you should stay, you right. know, like have like this sort of battle between like head versus heart um, and like your gut instinct versus like your mind, like really like clinging to something that's yeah. been important for you in the past. Um, so as I'm curious, like, what do you think, is this something new for you that sort of your, your gut or your heart was winning over your head seems like so quickly? Like, is that, and if so, like what's like shifted in you that's allowed you to sort of listen more to your gut and less to, to your mind? Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, like honestly, like 
my number one thing in life, I feel like, especially over like the past six years or so, has just been like learning to trust and like be able to hear like my gut, like more and more and more and trusting that over the mind. Mm-hmm. And it's been like this slow process, but um, yeah, like, I don't know, for me, like, I really feel like there's like, like a deeper kind of knowing, like your, your gut, your heart, your intuition, whatever you want to call it. Um, a lot of times, like, it's really quiet, but it's always kind of pulling you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we often get confused or make decisions that are really poor for us or don't know when to like leave a situation because we don't listen to that. And we're just like, we just listen to our mind, which mm-hmm. man, your mind can just convince you a million ways whatsoever, right? Like yeah. whatever the stance is, like whether it's like pro, you know, blue M&Ms or anti blue M&Ms, it'll come up with like a million points. It'll find like resources to back it up. It'll, it can argue it to the death yeah. anyway, yeah. in any direction. Um, and if that's all you're trusting, I feel like you, it's, life gets so confusing yeah. and, 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 and often what you're doing with that, when you're just listening to your mind, your mind, your thoughts are often just recycled stuff from culture, from the people you're surrounded by. So you're acting more almost from like external influences than from like, like a little random. Yeah. yeah. It's just like what happens to come. Exactly. To yeah. And like, and, and trying to operate from logic rather than like what your body is actually maybe being like screaming and be like, no, 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 no. we need to like get out of this, you yeah. know, like listen to me, you know, yeah. like, yeah, it kind of reminds me, like, it was interesting, like, there's a housemate in my house who's going through a breakup right now, mm-hmm. and I feel like we both, like, I could feel, like, the analogous situation, like, she could feel, like, in her gut, she was like, I love this person, you know, but, like, we need to go in separate directions, like, yeah. we have to, it's not, it's not working, you know, but her mind is going, like, but he's so good to you, like, will you find someone else ever again, but you're going to be alone, like, yeah. you know, the mind is just going crazy, Um but yeah, but I feel like underneath that, if you really, if you're feeling, if you're paying attention, like, you know, at least what direction you want to be moving in, yeah. you know, if you, if not exactly the specific action you need to do. Yeah. Um, and you just got to keep trusting that step by step by step. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that definitely resonates strongly with me and, and I imagine many other people. I'm curious what, um, so you said over the last six years, this has been one of your biggest areas of sort of like focus and growth. Like, what do you think have been some of the things you've been doing that have been drivers of this area of growth? Like that have allowed you to, whether it's like diamond meditation or journaling or anything else, like what, what aspects of like your growth journey over the last six years have like allowed you to, to tune in more tightly to your, to your gut? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, I think like the the first two things you listed are have been really helpful for that. Like meditation, as you said, there's something about meditation that like drops you into your body way more. And just have have you you're just more aware of what you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like you know, like you're saying, we're we're often so caught up in our thoughts like all day long. We we don't even we're not even aware we have a body. We're not even feeling yeah. Yeah. anything. We're operating completely from mind, you know. Yeah. Um, journaling has also been really awesome. Um, like for me, like just like writing my thoughts out, like not only does it help me kind of figure out what to do, but I almost feel like that's secondary. I feel like primary is like by just journaling, like I'm just like throwing a bunch of thoughts down and it's almost like purging it out of my system. Like it allows my mind to calm down enough so I can actually feel like what it is mm-hmm. that I need to be feeling, you know? Um, but honestly, at the end of the day, I think it's really just trying to pay attention to that feeling, just trying to be able to hear it, just even trying to be aware of it. Yeah. And just doing that more and more from everything like 
little stupid things like what to deciding what to eat to like big things, right? Like, should I leave this relationship? Should mm -hmm. I, is it time to move on? Yeah. Um, I, I like yeah. the idea of taking like little things and just using it as it like, like being in a restaurant ordering, <laughs> yeah. just using it as an excuse to practice yeah. and like viewing it through the lens of like practicing. Like, totally. Oh, rather than trying to rationalize this, I'm just going to like pay attention to like what's going on inside of me. Totally. To see if I'm feeling a direction. Yeah. And I would also say like, don't get too hung up on making the exact right choice in a quote unquote, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's a big one for me. Yeah. Because the awesome thing about like, if you're, if you're paying attention to your gut or whatever, it has an awesome self-correcting mechanism, right? Like mm -hmm. if you do or order the orange chicken and like, and it ends up not being what you wanted, like you'll feel it. you will be like, oh, this is actually, it's not that great. And like your next time you'll be informed with that decision, you know? Yeah. If let's say with the relationship example, you decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stay in this, like, you know, and if that is actually the quote unquote wrong decision, you'll feel it. Like things yeah. will get more and more difficult. Things will feel like yeah. you'll feel less and less like yourself. You'll feel more heavy. You'll feel more burdened. Um, and vice versa. Yeah. And vice versa. You leave the relationship, but it was, you know, something that you actually wanted to be in both of you. Yeah. You, like a lot of times we'll come back together. Yeah, Totally. And, and something that's awesome about that, about f trusting feeling versus like mind concepts is feeling is like something you have to continually be present to. Mm. Like a mind concept, you can be like, oh, I'm just going to decide whenever I get to this point in relationship, I'm fucking out, you know, like, yeah. and then you can just check out. You don't have to pay attention to the situation. You don't have to pay attention to how that might, the circumstances might change. You just, I made a decision. I'm sticking to this mind concept, you know, but with a feeling that's only in the present moment and it's constantly shifting. And like, you just have to always be aware. You always have to be paying attention. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I think like looking back at this, like one of the things I'm really like happy with is I think when you, when you're able to really listen to your gut, you're able to like move like out of situations before you've overstayed your welcome. Yeah. That's which, a big one. Yeah. For me, like, I feel like in life, I've always had a problem with that. And I would always pretty much run myself to the ground before I actually made the change I needed to, you know, yeah. stayed in a relationship to the point where I was like dead inside and, and, you know, like, and yeah, before I was like, Oh, maybe this isn't right for me. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, when the feeling inside is just screaming, yeah. and like you can no longer ignore it, but if you've made it scream, like yeah. you put yourself in a, in a tough spot. Yeah. And like, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like that's your body being like the screaming. If you get, if you hit rock bottom, like that's your body just being like, listen to me. Are yeah. you listening? How much louder do I have to get? Yeah. Um, and one of the things I'm really proud of with this is like, I feel like usually with like moving out situations or whatever, like I've definitely overstayed my welcome. And this time I feel like I listened to it early enough that like I'm leaving this place still in love with it. Like That's I'm awesome. still so in love with this house. I still appreciate it so much. I, I, yeah, I just find like being there and like my last few weeks here, like so beautiful. And it's such a good feeling to like leave up, like while it's still good yeah you know, to like yeah, leave still in love with a place an underrated thing in life yeah, yeah. and and it's good and something i'm not always entirely used to like yeah. at least in moving and in relationships I, i've often yeah overstayed my welcome and yeah. by the time i leave i'm i feel almost resentful like towards yeah. the situation yeah. which is not a it just doesn't it's not a good way it's not yeah. it doesn't feel good to leave yeah. like that and instead i, I feel like i'm leaving like with a sense like bittersweetness and I know I'm going to miss it and I know it's going to, yeah. I'm, but at the same time, like I know I need to do this and yeah. I'm, I'm excited for yeah. like what this will open up. For yeah. Me. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm really, I'm happy for you. Like on two levels. One is like, 
just in terms of your living environment and just like your day-to-day life, this sounds like a great shift and like totally the right decision and just like excited for what comes next um, and, and what this will open up for you. And then it's also just per this whole conversation, just always for me, I know like always an amazing feeling when I can like go through something and look at it and be like, man, like three, four, five years ago, I went through a bunch of stuff like this and handled it way worse. (laughs) You have those like great (laughs) comparison points. You're like, oh, exactly this type of decision. I know three years ago, I would not have had the wisdom to make in this way. And now I do. And you can feel that like before and after. And that's like a really powerful, amazing feeling. I love that. I, yeah, my, I almost feel like I'm just obsessed with self-growth and always learning and, and growing. And like, so I almost use that as a barometer for like, for growth. Like if yeah. I look back like six months um, prior and like, and I'm not embarrassed or like looking at decisions I made and being like, oh, that's a, I could have done that a little better. Like, <laughs> then I feel like that I'm not growing. You know? yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's always, it's always awesome for me to look back and be like, oh, it's changed. It's, it's, it's different now, you know? Yeah. So Cool. Well, Congratulations. Thanks, man. Yeah, stoked for I'm you. excited. Excited for what's next. Yeah. Really sweet. <laughs> awesome. And that brings us to the end of our conversational potluck and on to our rapid fire quick picks. So Gabe. Quick, quick picks time. Yeah. What's your first quick pick? Number one. So I got a little bit of a random one uh, first, but it's something that's actually been pretty meaningful in my life the last few weeks, and it is getting places early. (laughs) I've been trying to, like, I've been, like, driving a lot more to a lot, like, a lot of different, um, like, meetings all over the city with, like, some shifts in, in my work recently, and... I've been experimenting and I think the meditation retreat was part of this too. Like, so I've just been experimenting with leaving like 15 minutes earlier than I need to and getting someplace like 10 or 12 or 15 or eight minutes early. And Uh then just like sitting there and being like, okay, great. This is not stressful. And it's been great. I'm going to (laughs) keep doing it. Um, What do you love about it? So I feel like the reason I never used to do it before is I have this like efficiency optimization bone in my body that I'm always trying to like make my time like super optimized and super efficient and and all that. But um, here's what I love about it. And I think again, like the retreat really, and like my meditation practice, I like really helped put me in touch with how this feels. Like anytime you're running like barely on time and you might be a few minutes late, it's very stressful. So like, so especially like a lot of meetings where it's like, you know, someone you're meeting for the first time or someone where it would be impolite, which is a lot of meetings to be right. Late. Um, so I've been um, like, I've been noticing the difference between a half hour drive to like X meeting that's super filled with stress and mm-hmm. worry mm-hmm. versus a half hour drive that's filled with like peace and tranquility <laughs> and like no worries at all. And it's like, the trade-off between quote unquote wasting yeah. ten minutes sitting in someone's lobby and having a thirty-minute like happy, stress-free, like yeah. smiling drive versus maybe being like super efficient with your time, but like having a half-hour stressed out, like that the half-hour stressed-out drive just isn't worth it. Oh, like man. it's not, it's so unenjoyable and it's so avoidable because you can just leave earlier and then you won't be stressed. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You just described like my entire life story right there. I feel <laughs> Stressful like, drives. yeah, oh, right. I feel like I'm always late to everything. <laughs> and like, I don't know, man, like this is really, this is really resonating with me. Like you, oh, God, I would love to just not be stressed out and to, yeah, to arrive at a meeting peacefully. I can't remember last it's, time. It's awesome. It feels so good. <laughs> That's so cool. Do you do anything like, so when you were there 10 minutes early, 
do you kill time in a certain way? Like, no, you just go sit in the lobby and wait. And you are you kind of like meditating a little bit? Yeah, just sort of like sitting there experiencing the lobby. Yeah, that's cool. I like try even like not to be on my phone. I try to like just be like, yeah, just sort of like present, present, and just like experience whatever the waiting area is like you know you can also just like sit in your car and finish a podcast or listen to music or like you can do a gazillion things but i sort of like just like going in early i don't know why it just feels good that's awesome yeah i also i have that efficiency thing too like i feel like i need every minute like of my my day used um i wonder like also if yeah like if i like brought like my kindle or a book with me Mm -hmm. Like that wouldn't be wasted time, even yeah. if it's like five minutes or a few minutes. Like then you do half hour early and just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. really have some time to dive in on your book. That's awesome. Yeah, I dig it, man. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> cool. What's uh, what's quick pick number one for you? All right, so number one for me is um, I feel a little embarrassed <laughs> because it's uh, have you heard of those seven minute workouts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used so, to do them. <laughs> yeah, so the New York Times like wrote this article a while ago that got really popular about like some scientifically proven like seven minute workout that like I don't know it was like the equivalent to like a longer like cardio session or something. Um, usually, when I see things like this, I, I almost roll my eyes a little bit. Like I feel like I have a little bit of arrogance in that like oh I don't need like some like put together little routine for me that like to build your own yeah I'll build my own I don't need this validated by like whatever New York Times exactly I, it's too mainstream you know <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly like I've been wanting as part of a push to like take care of my body better and um, and also just with my hypothyroidism making me feel like really tired all the time I've been trying to find better ways to like do little workouts like every day. Um, and I do like a big, you know, gymnastic rings workout or weightlifting like once or twice a week. But the rest of the days, I'm just like, look, I'm not going to carve out like an hour to like go to the gym and do shit. Like, is there something quick I could do, you know, yeah. and like just doing push ups or sit ups is kind of boring. Um, and I heard like a housemate talk about using like the seven minute workout app. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I rolled my eyes at first. Yeah, and then I, then I was like got on the app store and I was like, well. Let me let me let me browse around. Let me see what what's here. Um, and I, I I went through a few apps. A lot of them are really shitty. <laughs> yeah. But one of them, uh, the Johnson and Johnson seven minute workout app, um, is actually really awesome. And it's been really fun. Seven minutes is so short. Yeah, like nothing. I have no excuses. Um, and it's it's great. Like I, I'll put it on and like and I'm just like you know I'll, I'll by the end of it I'll be like sweating. I'll be breathing hard. Like. It's not the hardest workout, you know, but um, I'll be feeling good. Yeah. And uh, and honestly, I've been actually doing this seven minute workout more as like a mental thing or emotional thing than physical. Yeah. Like, you know, the workout is okay. I don't think I'm really pushing my muscles that much. Um, but for me, like that sweating and getting the heart rate up by the end of the seven minutes, like my mood is in a completely different place. My energy level is so much higher. And I've been actually doing it like before trying to tackle like writing or like a difficult creative project. Um, and it's been fun. Nice. Like, so I've been really digging it and like, I'll do it as like a little kind of like a mood and energy booster. Nice. Nice. Um, do, you, do you do it every day? No, no, okay. no, no. Just uh, a few times a week. Okay. Um, and yeah. And do you have a set time you do it most days or is it just like when you feel you need the boost cause you're going to tackle writing? Yeah. I think when I, when I need the boost and cause it's so short, it's like seven minutes. I, yeah. I can kind of just fit it in whenever. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. So. 
That's great. Yeah, I like messed around with it like a few, maybe like a year or two ago, and like the New York Times was doing yeah. a bunch of stuff around it, and I liked it. I liked it yeah. a lot for a lot of the same reasons. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so yeah, that's a great one. It's I cool. like it. All right. Um, so what is your number two? So my number two um, is uh, phone related. And it's turning off basically all of your notifications, which oh. I have done over the last few weeks. And it's been great. Huh. I really highly recommend it. So I all would of your notifications. Re- basically all of them. So so if you go into like, so we have iPhones. If you go into iPhone setting, you can like mess with notifications a lot. But the big thing for me um, was that turning off the notifications that actively buzz me, that like vibrate or ping. Um, I just like don't. So I have... Other than text and calls, mm-hmm. nothing on my phone will vibrate or ping me. There's still some things that will pop up on the main screen. But like for me, the relevant thing was reducing the number of times my phone demands my attention every day. Right. Like, because why? Like, I'm on a few Slack channels. Like, you are yeah. too. Like, I don't, like, those are never urgent to respond right. to. Like, something on Twitter is never urgent to respond to. Like, right. my emails nowadays, like... And again, this is not true for everyone. Like different people have different jobs with different demands on their time. But for me now, and I think for most people, my emails are never like urgent to respond to in that like I must know within 10 minutes of being sent and respond to. Like that's just not part of my lifestyle now, um, which is great. And so since it is like I may have a job in the future where that's the case. But since that isn't the case right now, like I'm going to take advantage. And like I just want to like I've just been working on shifting my relationship with my phone so that. I can check my phone when I want to check my phone rather than my phone constantly be like, me, 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 like <laughs> check me, taking me away from like yeah. whatever else I'm doing in my day, which you're like, in- why do I want it doing that? So you're in control of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like pretty easy. You can go to notifications in like five minutes, basically like shut off everything. That's not like essential for you to find out about when it happens. And yeah. it, it's like a very small thing that's made a big difference for me over the last few weeks. Huh? Uh, do you miss things though? Like, no, is there a way you can still check the notifications you've got, like in the last? Yeah, like, I mean, few you hours? can. So you can keep it so that like stuff pops up on the home screen, so that when you do right. look at your phone, you still see all the banners there. But it's not um, vibrating. And you can also keep the badges, right? right? So, so on Slack, like I have like the little number badge, like seven messages when I have, and then like I know, oh, when I have a second, I'll check Slack. But it's not vibrating with every fucking Slack message that right. like. Is, there's no reason for me to be alerted about X Slack message on like my housing advocacy group. It's just like there's nothing or there's no reason. Like someone will text right. or call me if they need something from me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I haven't taken it that far yet. I like the idea. But one thing I have done is um, for years, I've just not had notifications for email on my mm. phone. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's huge. huge. That's the biggest shift. That's that's, huge. that's the game changer. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. made a, a huge difference in my yeah. life. I oh, recommend yeah. it to anyone. No, that was like two or three years ago. That that changed my life yeah. for sure. Yeah. And you can still you can still check your email, maybe make a habit every few hours to, yeah. to check. But but you don't need to be responding to it like a text message. Yeah. Every every single one. You no. know, no, there's there's a very small number of people in the world that their jobs do demand that from them. And so, like, if you have to do right. it for work, you have to do it. Right. But for everyone else who's liberated from that need, <laughs> like liberate yourself. I really, yeah. really encourage people. <laughs> be free. Be free. Yeah. <laughs> um, sweet. What's your uh, what's your number two? Well, speaking of liberating yourself. <laughs> um, uh, so I've been reading this book uh so like I'm a huge fan of, of uh, non-duality um, and I've been reading this book that's been causing a lot of shifts for me lately. Um, 
I guess I need to explain non-duality a yeah. little bit. Um, basically, for like the last six years of my life, like and kind of diving into spirituality and meditation, um, I've been exploring what people probably call like mindfulness. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, but I've been exploring um, non-duality, which is basically like the truth that a lot of like Eastern spiritual modalities, like Zen Buddhism, Zogchen, um, things like that, have been trying to point at, um, and. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to talk about because it, it's it's like you're trying to explore something that's beyond conceptual thinking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so to use conceptual thinking to try to explain it, like my best attempt is like basically like humans, like we walk around our, our entire lives thinking like we are our thoughts, thinking we are our ego and that we're like the separate body mind. Um, and through like meditation and self-inquiry, like you can actually discover like who you really are and like you have a case of mistaken identity like you are not your ego you are actually consciousness itself which sounds a little woo woo it sounds out there but it's actually like it, yeah it's actually very simple very obvious um and and when the the truth of this is actually realized when you actually experientially understand or realize it and feel it for yourself like it can drop away like most of human suffering, <laughs> like most of like your suffering and your pain and confusion, like 90% of that comes from this mistaken identity and you thinking you're something that you're not. Um, so yeah, anyways, I've been, that's been like one of the most important things I've been exploring over the last six years. I'm always reading a book that's exploring that and, and exploring different meditation techniques. Um, and this book uh, I've been reading by Salvador Poe, called liberation is um has been really awesome uh he's this book is um he's kind of targeted towards like uh people who have been spiritual seeking for a long time people mm. who've been on this path like trying to reach quote-unquote enlightenment you know trying to like yeah like make a permanent like shift into in their life um and this book has directed a lot of people and like getting them to just like directly get to like understand like their true identity and like kind of drop the seeking Mm. Um, and he does it in this really cool, like very experiential way. Like every like paragraph, like he's telling, he's asking you to like investigate something in your direct experience and then take like a second to, to stop reading and just like, and, and try it to like, just play with it, explore it, like see what's actually true in your experience. And the, I don't know, there's a way he talks about it. That's just so ca casual and simple and easy. And like, it's been causing some like really big shifts for me. Um, the last few weeks and I've been really digging it. Um, he's, and yeah, he's a really interesting guy. He was like a musician in New York for like 30 years and like did a lot of drugs and partied a lot and then kind of got in spiritual train and like, yeah, and kind of had this kind of awakening if you want to call it that. Um, and, and even now, like he kind of rejects the label of teacher. Like he doesn't want to be like seen yeah. as a guru, but, yeah. but he's like, look, I can, I can point out something to you the same way. Like, someone can point out, like, there is no Santa, you yeah. know? And, like, yeah. and once you get it, you're not, like, looking everywhere, like, for Santa and thinking, you know, like, yeah. like you just know it. You just know yeah. he doesn't exist. Um, and he's, like, and he's... And you've been able to confirm that for yourself. Yeah, and he's able to you do that. You someone else's word. Exactly. Yeah. And he's able to do that in a really skillful way. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I feel like there's, like, a strand of sort of mindfulness meditation teachers, like, Locke Kelly is someone I know you've, like, worked a lot with or followed a lot. Yeah. Like, you turned me on to a little bit. That, like that are much more focused on like less like teaching and asking people to take their word for it and more like shepherding people through like find like experiencing things themselves. Yeah. I and mean, I think that's, has like tremendous value. Totally. 
Totally. And like, and even though this book is a little directed kind of towards people who have been maybe seeking for a long time, um, I'd recommend it to anyone, like even a, a beginner at this. I think they'd find it really interesting. And like mm-hmm. these exercises, I think will, will have you just looking at things differently and, and like, and you know, like questioning the waters you swim in. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and I would also recommend if other people are interested in this topic, um, some other good beginner books are The Power of Now mm-hmm. by Eckhart Tolle. That one's kind of become like a spiritual classic at yeah. this point. Like Oprah loves the book. Yeah. Um, that one is a little woo-woo, like a little out there, but pretty powerful. Um, and another one is like the teacher you mentioned, Locke Kelly. He's one of my favorite modern teachers. And his book is almost approaching the topic from an opposite angle. Like he uses a lot of neuroscience, um, uh, to, and yeah, to, to back things up and has a very simple like meditation practices and doesn't really get into woo-woo language yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Stuff. That's cool. What's the book called again? Uh, it's called Liberation Is by Salvador Poe and I'll okay. link, I'll link it in the show notes. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm excited to check it out. It sounds great. Awesome. All right. So what right. is uh, your number three quick pick? Last round. So this is, um, I want to recommend what I think is the best TV show of the last few years that nobody's seen. Oh, um, It's called Show Me a Hero. You've heard me rave about yeah. this. Well, don't tell anybody, but I always wanted to be the mayor. I used to talk about it all the time growing up. The other kids used to call me the mayor. <laughs> really? It wasn't a compliment. The city intentionally segregated its housing for 40 years. The whole damn city government's white. It's an HBO show by David Simon, the guy who created The Wire. Best show of um, all time. The, the best, yes. <laughs> the, the undisputed, you know, the rest of development running a close number two. Right. Um, best show of all time. Um, so the reasons to watch Show Me Hero, one, it's excellent. It's just an amazing show. Two, it's only six episodes. It's a miniseries. So, like, David Simon sometimes, like, his non-wire shows mm-hmm. can be a little difficult because he's built such, like, intricate and complex worlds. Like, Treme, like, a lot of people tried to watch, like, me included, tried to get into Treme, but couldn't quite do it. It was just, yeah. like, a little too dense. Right. Um, even though you could, like, appreciate it as an amazing show. Um, but... David Simon in miniseries format is amazing because he only has six episodes. So, like, it's that the the narrative arc stays, like, clean and, like, moving and punchy and, like, exciting even while having, like, this, like, panoply of, like, really deep characters that are all, like, interacting with each other. Um, Oscar Isaac is the lead. He's amazing. The script, like, just everything about the show (laughs) is just great. Six episodes. It's only a six-hour investment. Um, you have to find a way to get it on HBO. I just did like their free 30 day trial, watched the show and then ended the 30 day trial. Yeah. That, was, that was how much I wanted to watch the show. And it's like a really, so it's based on a true story. They stayed like, as best I could tell from my research, they stayed almost exactly true to the original story. So like uh, you're watching something that really happened. It's about a battle over um, public housing, creating public housing for mostly black residents in a mm. white neighborhood in the suburbs of New York city. Um, I think it's Westchester. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a true story that happened in the late 80s. And like the cherry on top, like reason to watch it is like it's jaw dropping. Like it's just like extremely relevant and current when yeah. you're watching like the level of like just like racism and like really problematic like behaviors and really problematic politics that exists like in our country. Like obviously now, but also in the very recent past, it's just like um, it's just a really, I think, powerful lens to put on like politics today and like race in America today. Yeah. That's awesome. And I know that that's a topic very near and dear to your heart right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's cool. I'll have to check that out. Show me a hero on HBO. Yep. Awesome. Strongly recommend. 
Cool. What's uh, what's last up for you? All right, my number three um, actually dovetails with yours <laughs> recommendation pretty well. Um, I really so you know a lot of us are watching a lot of amazing TV these days, right? Yeah. There's just so much awesome TV. And, um, and yet, like, I feel like we like watch an episode, just move on to the next really quick and like, and never actually like, I don't know, don't actually like think or like they'll dive a little deeper with each, each episode. Um, so one of my favorite things to do, which has really enriched my, my viewing of any TV show, um, is to read episode recaps, um, of a show, like after you watch that episode. Okay. So, you know, you're watching an episode, like show me a hero. After you're done, I would type in like Show Me Hero Episode 1 Recap. And you'll see like some links pop up. Like there's some blogs like AV Club, Vulture.com, uh, HitFix, like different ones that'll usually have like TV writers or critics who will like almost like give a little recap. Like they'll like talk about what happened in the show, but kind of dive in to their thoughts about it. Like they'll talk mm-hmm. and they'll bring in, I mean, it's really awesome. It'll really enrich your viewing. Like depending on the writer, they'll bring in like what they know, like their wealth of knowledge and like knowing like the making of this show, like what they know about the director or the producer, like, um, like tidbits that they've, that they've learned in interviews. Um, and also like really great critics will like really dive into like deeper, significant layers of the show. Mm-hmm. Like I was watching this Amazon show called sneaky Pete about mm-hmm. con men. Um, it's really fun. It's a, it's a fun show. Um, but I just thought it was kind of fun. And like this critic, like, and one of the episode recaps dove into like how the, the entire episode was actually about income inequality. And I didn't, I didn't realize that. And as he's talking about it, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. That was totally the subtext for like this whole thing. And uh-huh. like, and it was so cool. To, like just see different layers. Yeah. Um, another alternative to that, which is also great is if you go to the Reddit subreddit for a show you're watching, mm. it's usually going to be like reddit.com slash R slash show me a hero or sneaky Pete or whatever. Um, and you'll see like people, they'll do episode discussions for each episode and Reddit commenters will like write like things after each episode. And it's really fun. It, it feels like it's that kind of, you get to have a discussion. It's a little bit like a book club with yeah. a TV show, right? Like after an episode, like people are like talking, oh, that moment was awesome. Or did you notice this? And like, I really like what they're doing with this character. It's like, it's a chance to like, I don't know, just have a conversation, dive a little deeper. And I think you end up getting... You walk away with a much more of an appreciation for what yeah. you're watching. Yeah. So episode recaps. Um, yeah. Watch Show Me Hero. Read some episode recaps. Yeah. Right. I, I, now I wish I did that when I watch it. <laughs> it's funny that like I do that with movies. Like whenever I see a movie that mm. I love, like the first thing I want to do is go read reviews because yeah, like the, everything you're saying, like you know, like there's people that are much smarter than you about the subject material and better like analysts of movies that can yeah. help you. Yes, yeah, see all this like richer, deeper material that like you weren't gonna get just like your first time watching it, and then like like retroactively like augment your experience of the movie, which is sweet. Yeah, I just like never occurred to me to do it with TV shows. Yeah, it's pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. So, but with each episode, you can yeah, do that with each it's episode. Yeah. yeah. So highly recommend it. Awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of our quick picks and to the end of the show. That's it. Uh, but before we leave, let's tell the audience where they can keep up with us online. So Gabe, where can the good people find you on the internet? Uh, probably just on Twitter at Gabe Rose. I have GabeRose.com. I've been trying to like blog a little bit more recently, but um, struggling to find the time. So those <laughs> places work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How about um, you? Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me at Twitter.com/slash Jamin underscore Yee. 
and uh, at jaminyee.com. I've been trying to blog more. <laughs> I haven't, haven't uh, been doing it as much. I've been in a little bit of a rut, but that seems to be clearing out now, yeah. which is good. Um, I'm actually going to be posting another, my second video blog, I think next week, hopefully. Um, I'm done writing it. I just have to film it. But uh, check, check jaminyee.com for a defense of Kanye. <sighs> coming soon a subject we both feel passionately about <laughs> yeah. i can't wait yeah so awesome well thanks for listening guys that'll do it for this episode and remember people drive safe eat your veggies and we'll see you next month take care Peace.